With well over 5,000 children languishing in Virginia's foster care system, we clearly need more Christian families to participate in caring for these kids, not less. So why are state legislators trying to pass laws that would end up excluding Christian adoption ministries and even eventually putting them out of business? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, Victoria, we recently had one of the best snow days we've had in a couple of years, right? Yeah, we got several inches and it came in on a Sunday, so we had that day to play. And then you couldn't get to school the next day, so the kids had another great snow day. And honestly, it's just a lot of fun. It's fun for them. We sledding and, um, you know, as an adult, we have pros and cons to this, right? So I think about my entire front hall full of wet mittens and snow boots and all of that. Um, and, you know, but for, for kids, it's a lot of fun. And in fact, my, my daughter, her favorite thing is making snow ice cream, which I think is actually kind of a gross concept, <laughs> but I'm glad it makes her happy. Yeah not the most pure form of drinking water. Well, your kids were able to enjoy that because they couldn't go to school because they go to a private Christian school, right? And it's closed, but they had friends that were stuck at home in front of their computers because they're still in virtual school. Yeah, that's what we call making a tough moment tougher because imagine you've already had this virtual education. You can't go to school generally, but now there's a snow day. Your friends are out and you can't join them. But really, that's the least of the harms being done. They, these kids, if you think about the pandemic has hit its one year mark. These kids were on computers in the spring and they've been on computers all year. They are at the one year mark of virtual education, which is just really honestly quite tragic. We've been seeing a lot of research come out lately that this really is starting to hurt kids who feel isolated. Maybe they don't have other good options especially when it comes to just pure academics and as well, you know, emotional health. Yeah, and we're seeing parents get really frustrated. In fact, I think of this video that actually went viral of a parent showing up at the Loudoun County School Board just going off at the school board, honestly, about how bad the situation is for their kids. And I think it resonated because parents are feeling that frustration and kids are hurting. Yeah, you could just feel that that was just... He was just voicing so many parents' frustration. And I think this is starting to open up a lot of people's eyes to the fact that there's just way too much adult-centered politics that control a lot of what happens in our public schools, but it isn't really keeping kids' best interests in mind. Um, So when push comes to shove, parents like this dad, they just feel helpless. Do you think this might finally end up kind of shifting the paradigm, so to speak, and maybe helping get to the point where we're creating more choice in education? Yeah, I think people are becoming aware that it's actually teachers' unions and other political entities that are blocking their kids from going to school, especially now that the science is finally saying what we've known for a while, which is schools are actually pretty safe places if they're done well. But, you know, we've seen already 10,000 people have left the Fairfax public school system. That's just one example of what's known as a good academic school, but people are saying, no, I'm not going to be sitting on virtual education. I'm going to go find a private school. Well, let's get into today's topic, which is yet more efforts to threaten religious freedoms in our state. But this one is more disturbing because it has real tangible impact on thousands of kids. Victoria, tell us what's happening right now in the General Assembly as far as it concerns Christian adoption agencies. Well, as you pointed out earlier, we have some 5,400 kids right now in Virginia's foster care system. And of those, more than 700 are ready for adoption right now. So the reality is we need as many organizations as possible serving those kids, not fewer. That's why the Family Foundation actually helped develop this law in the first place, was to make sure these adoption agencies continue the great work that they're doing. Um, Just, you know, now we've got 
this liberal leadership that has taken over Virginia and we're seeing repeated attacks on these organizations and their religious freedom protections. Uh, for instance, last year they went after this and thankfully we were able to defeat the bill, but this year they're back trying to defeat it again. Wow, why are they so focused on trying to target Christian faith-based adoption agencies uh, specifically, especially when so many kids' placements are at stake. Well, that's just the thing. It just shows that there's just not tolerance for those who don't comply with the LGBT political agenda. If you're not on board, you're out, and they want to make that crystal clear. And it's just this idea of mandatory, full embracement of same-sex marriage and the idea that, you know, a mom and a dad for a kid needs to be discarded in our society, which is just tragic. Well, let's talk for a second about the key role that Christian ministries and agencies play in adoption and foster care in Virginia. Help us understand that. Well, we got to start where the Bible starts, which is that the church is called to care for widows and orphans. It's the church's call. And the church actually is who started adoption in our country. It is actually Christians who said this was a need and got it going. And so it is, they play a pivotal role in now having all these uh, Christian agencies doing placement, working with foster care folks. And just, there's so many success stories in this public private partnership that now exists. And that's a large part because of their faith is driving a service oriented, dedicated service to these families. And in fact, we have to look at these Christian organizations, many of them, and realize that several of them are specializing on some of the hardest placements, some of the kids that are most difficult to find forever homes for. Wow, that is well said, Victoria. And yet, under this bill that is moving through the legislature right now, those faith-based agencies that you're talking about that have that outstanding partnership, they could actually lose their licenses, right? Yes, there's a long history of going after these, and it's it was regulatory at first, and now we're trying to repeal the law, and here's the thing. It's not just their funding, it's their actual licenses, as you point out. It is both, in it, basically what we're finding is that this partnership could no longer exist if they repeal this law and go after them. Unlike other faith-based entities that do business in other areas, this has to be a public-private partnership. This isn't something where uh, Catholic Charities or another organization like that could just go and do this in the private space. You're basically saying we're going to shutter the doors of these Christian ministries so that they can no longer be a part of that simply because they believe that a child needs a mom and a dad in their home. More than this, many parents want to go through an organization like this when, they, when they're considering adding someone into their family. They might view it, for example, I've heard people say it sort of feels like we don't want to be unequally yoked. Now that's a, you know, people think of that verse in a lot of different ways, but what they're saying is this is a really important decision that we're going through and we want to do it with somebody that aligns with our heart and understands our values. I think those are such key points that you really can't accomplish this without some kind of partnership with government social services. So to act like they can is just disingenuous. And then your point that families need places that respect their values. So that those are excellent points. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, when you talk about how they are justifying this, removing those religious freedom protections, 
um, I keep hearing this argument that it's actually going to increase. In other words, if they remove that protection for religious freedom, that's going to increase the number of families being able to adopt or take foster care kids. Can you respond to that? Yeah, the exact opposite is actually true. Repealing the religious conscience clause and forcing faith-based agencies to approve same-sex couples will not increase the number of families who foster and adopt. In fact, those agencies will disappear, and there's a pool of families who prioritize working with them because they share these beliefs. And so this isn't just speculation. We've seen this in other states. In Illinois, they passed a law in 2011 ending its partnership with faith-based agencies. And then over the next several years, that state lost more than 5,000 foster homes. The most significant decrease in any state that is that makes this data available so we know there's an impact yeah that's very revealing because i also keep hearing the chief sponsors of this bill saying things like this repeal is going to impact less than 100 families and hardly any agencies. What is your response to that? Yeah, it's so misleading. That's why those stats that we hear from other states are so important. But also, just look at our actual field in Virginia. About 15% of all the agencies that are out there are actually faith-based agencies. But they do touch about 60% of the adoption and foster work that's done. That's the kind of a historic number. But the bottom line is they're, they're involved in a lot of our adoptions. So if they disappear, guess what? A lot fewer people are served. The reality is faith-based agencies are able to tap into the faith community. In fact, we previously had a governor who made it a point in order to get these kids off of the foster and adoption roles, he actually reached out to churches and said, how can we get you more engaged in adoption? Yeah, treating them like they're an asset and not a threat. Exactly. You know, it's not like there aren't plenty of options for same-sex couples wishing to adopt or get involved in foster care, right? Oh yeah, there's many other organizations that could do this. There's 150 agencies, pick a different one. Well, again, those facts just reveal the agenda behind this, because if you think about it, if there's already a plethora of agencies working with same-sex couples, why are legislators targeting the few agencies that are working with families with biblical beliefs? Why is that even worth their while? Yeah, this is about an agenda, and there's a lot of passion and anger about the fact that all of society is unwilling to yield our faith-based views to the LGBT orthodoxy. So all things considered, it does appear, I guess, that the end goal really is to kind of punish people that dare to have a biblical viewpoint on sexuality and marriage and really just kind of shut down faith-based providers from the public square. Yeah, absolutely. And we need action on this right away because this is now that it has passed the House of Delegates and it is working its way through the Senate. So if you care about this and want to be a part of this, we got to make sure you're talking to your senator. That's right. And the easiest way to do that is just by going to our website, familyfoundation.org, and clicking on the blue Make Your Voice Heard banner. And you can find the measures that we're talking about right now and just click on them and communicate with your legislator. All right, Victoria, let's say that we aren't able to stop this from barreling through, that we can't keep those religious freedoms protections in. Um, but the Supreme Court comes out with a big decision that can make this whole thing moot. What happens then? Yeah, you, you make the point we tried to make with the General Assembly with our advocacy team, which is they should just hold and wait and see what the Supreme Court does because there's been a case. Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia is a case that has already been heard by the Supreme Court back in November, and it's about whether the city of Philadelphia can legally prevent Catholic social services from participating in the foster care system simply because they refuse to put children into homes where they're unmarried or they're same sex. And so we're waiting to hear and so should general assembly should have waited so what happens in virginia then if the court rules one way or the other well if it's a good ruling the outcome of this case could actually render what the state's trying to do if they do succeed completely moot um now if it goes the other way it unfortunately gives liberals the cover that they've needed to continue to discriminate against people and entities of faith 
okay, well, let's just put these things in perspective for people. What is the bigger issue at stake here? I mean, what happens if our state government can systematically exclude Christian ministries from basically participating in social services? Well, they have to realize, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, but Christians were the ones who started all these social services and the hospitals and the universities, all these institutions that we know of were originally by Christians. And so the question is, how much can they cut out? If you think about just Catholic Charities, one of the groups being picked on in this bill, they also do homelessness, they do immigration issues, they do refugee resettlement. Does the government really want to shut down all of those places. So they, the impact is gigantic on our society if we say Christians cannot engage because we have the heart to love our neighbor. Yeah, it's, it's almost like another form of the cancel culture. There is no good stopping point for that. That's the problem. I don't think they realize where this could go. Well, it's that time again, time for our Inconceivable Moments Award, where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, Victoria, who's getting this week's Inconceivable Award? I think this time it has to go to Mark Levine, a liberal Virginia delegate from Alexandria, for using Orwellian language while at the same time accusing conservatives of being Orwellian. The kind of doublespeak used by Levine is troubling. His bill discriminates against faith entities while claiming that they discriminate, even though they serve all children, even those who would say they're LGBT. Yeah, he's really twisted the meaning of that word and in fact has been zealously Orwellian himself. There's really not a better way to describe it in driving this whole effort to eradicate religious freedom protections for Christian and Catholic adoption agencies. Yeah, all you have to do is look at the language he's used over the last couple of weeks in the House. He refers to, quote, discriminatory religious child placement agencies and, quote, taxpayer-funded religious bigotry. Apparently, bigotry against groups like Catholic Charities or others that are faith-based, that apparently isn't bigotry in his mind. Well, Victoria, I know we're using some humor in this segment, but in all seriousness, there is a real danger in constantly labeling people of faith specifically as bigots simply because they believe what the Bible says about man-woman marriage and really saying, in effect, they shouldn't even have the equal right to participate in government social programs. Yeah, there is the real danger in stereotyping people of faith and excluding them from the public square, from especially from offering services that help other people. It is the same faith that drives their commitment to marriage and that what, that, what God designed as their faith that drives them to serve others. Yeah, so true. Well, it's time to wrap up and just remind everyone, after we've done a few of these inconceivable awards, we're going to put them in a top 50 list that you can download. So if you want to participate in this process, be sure to send in your nominations to speakupradio at familyfoundation.org. That's speakupradio at familyfoundation.org. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.